Hello, everybody. It's Jill of I'm Here With Magazine, and today is a special interview with William Big Sleeps Stewart. Hi, William. Hi, how are you? Thanks for I having love, me. I love the poster behind you. You are starring in Torn. <laughs> yes. You just I watched am. it last night. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a movie that's definitely relevant for the time, so... Well, you have some uh, big Canadian stars that you've got to work with, and not just in Torn, that's on, on Amazon Prime, which we love your scenes. You're a dad who loses his son, and you have some really emotional scenes in there, and you work with some very big Canadian stars. So Seth Rogen is one of them that you've got to work on many Vancouver shot projects with him. So we're going to get into that story about your relationship and how on earth you work with him on almost all the projects that comes to town for that but you've also you're an actor a producer you've done you've done your time in the industry you have worked you've seen all the angles as a crew guy you've been on the a-team and um the day that the earth stood still that was an, an incredible project so let's get into the history of william and big sleep stewart oh wow um yeah, I guess, where do you want to start? I mean, it's been a great journey. Well, how did you even get yourself into the film industry? A lot of our viewers are budding artists or trying to get in. And you being in the Vancouver industry is uh, looked upon in Calgary. Like, that's a lot of the time where we hope to go or at least to work uh, at some point. Because huge names, like we said, uh, Seth Rogen, are, live there and work there. So how did you get mixed in with getting to such a professional level um, where you are now? Well, to be honest, I never wanted to be an actor. I, I basically, I had two friends, Doran and Dexter Bell, who were actually in the movie Torn. Um, they were for years, I think it was almost close to 10 years where they're like, bro, you gotta get into acting, you gotta get, and I was like, man, I'm trying to be a rapper, man. I don't know what y'all talking about, man. And, I, and it, it did stem from just insecurity. Um, like I've never acted before. Like professionally, I always did things with, um, I had a cameraman, his name was Cosmo Means. And he always um, wanted to shoot little shorts and he'd ask me, hey, would you be a judge? And what's the lines? I'm like, ah, I just say them. You know, but I never took it serious. I was just kind of doing it to help out a friend. And um, I was already interviewing um, people because uh, Moses Nimer was the one who actually got me into front into television in front of the camera. Um, to really be honest with you, and you know Moses is uh, you know from Much Music and all that other stuff uh, in Canada. He's a Canadian icon. So um, the new VI opened up in Victoria. I um, went in to kind of get into the marketing side of things. So I was working for BMG Music and Moses said, no, you're going to be in front of the camera here, meet Jake Warren. And then Jake Warren and I did a show called Island Underground. Cosmo and I, um, that led to Cosmo and I coming over to Vancouver and I was doing Zed um, um, with McLean over here in, uh, at CBC. And then from there, I kind of fought it. I really didn't care to be an actor. And then it was Dorian and Dexter Bell. I was dropping actually a friend off in an audition and um, I got Rockstar Park in, and you know, back in that time, there was uh, maybe 12 black guys in Vancouver. And uh, you know, people see each other, they say what's up. And then uh, Dexter had came down the stairs and he saw me and I looked, it was him. We said, what's up? He came over to the car and he said, hey man, are you here for the commercial, the football commercial audition? And I was like, no. He goes, you're dressed for it. And I just happened to be wearing a 42 Nietzsche shirt. And then he said, I'm going to go run up and see if you, uh, if you can audition. And I was like, okay. But at the time, just to be honest, everybody, I was smoking weed in the car. I was just like chilling, waiting for my friend to come down. So I was just like, so he came back down and said, hey, they said you could read. I went back upstairs. I, um, uh, they, I had no headshot, no resume. They took my, uh, they took my, you know, my picture against the wall. I did the audition. And um, to be honest with you, it was just my personality that kind of, I guess, got me into the room from what the client told me, because I was there were two, two white guys and I was in the middle and they slated, he slated his name and I went, okay, well, William Big Sleep Stewart. And I guess I'm the token black guy. Cause I didn't even know what the, the character name or who, what, what I would be as the character. And he said some other name and uh, you know, like, you know, I'm playing, you know, uh, 
you know, fan number one. And I was like, so I said that jokingly. Yeah. And yeah. I got the call back because I joked like that and the client saw it and it was for Cox Communications. And I was so green um, when it came down to even auditioning and understanding what the hell was going on. Cause I got a phone call and uh, the girl on the phone says, hi, is this William? I said, yeah, yeah, it's William. And she's like, hi, I was um, calling you back about the Cox Communication commercial. Um, you have a call back. And I was like, call back. I didn't call nobody. I didn't call yeah. me. You calling me? Because I didn't call nobody. I don't know what you're talking about. I never called you. I don't even know the number. And she says, no, you have a callback. I know I said I know, but you're trying to tell me I called somebody. I didn't call nobody. So I don't know what you're talking about. Who got what a callback? Who, who am I supposed to call back? And she goes, oh, have you done this before? I was like, done what before? She goes, okay, so callback means that you're going to meet with the, the client and the director. And I said, oh, okay. Well, um... I mean, what do I do? She goes, well, you come back and you redo the audition. And I go, well, what was wrong with the first one? <laughs> I, don't understand what, like, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Like, why, why am I coming back to, oh, but okay, whatever. And she gave me the information. Again, um, I did the second audition. And it ended up being between myself and my friend Dexter Bell, who actually told them for me to go and, um, and uh, audition. And he really fought for them. And it, was, it ended up being between me and him and I, who were the last two guys that were the final two picks. And then he told them to choose me because he always kept pushing me to get into film. So honestly, if it wasn't for him and me going in and having one of the longest days of my life, I never understood what like 4.42 a.m. meant. And uh, I was there from 4.42 in the morning until like 1.40 something. I didn't understand what the hell was going on. But when I got the check and I was like, wow, six grand for one day. And then I started getting all these residual checks. I was like, I'm an actor. So I took the money, went to take took classes with Ben Ratner. And um, I just really loved the way he um, taught his class. And uh, it really brought the best out of me. Um, especially that time when he made me do Othello was when I really started taking it serious. Mm, because I looked at it and then I remember saying to him, hey man, I can't. I can't do this. This is white people ebonics. I can't. There's no way I'm doing this. I can't. What, 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 what is he talking about? Who art thou art? Well, I go, I don't understand it. So he said, well, you know, if you don't want to do it and you don't want to put the effort into understanding it, then you shouldn't be in my class and you should no longer be an actor. He goes, because if you can't adapt to the material, he's like, why, why are you here? And it bugged me. It irritated the shit out of me. Excuse my language. But I was like, yo, who does he tell me? What? Okay, I'm going to kill this. So I went and started about a book to understand what all that um, the um, dialogue meant and Shakespeare and what it all was. And from there, I was like, well, this is hard, but it, it, it's something that was definitely challenging. Leaving the music industry where you kind of always have to have this brawn attitude and where I had to start a scene crying, which I don't even know if I, I cried in like over like decades. So mm. that was pretty much my first start in the real aspect of going like, I really want to do this. Well, you certainly have, you know, you got to work on Coffee and Kareem and that was a yeah. huge Netflix hit. And I think I didn't realize how uh, big your role was in it. When I saw you, I um, I thought you were very funny, and well, you know, you're you. kind of playing it like the like bad guy but funny, like the likable one out of the group. <laughs> um, I wanted to show the audience a little clip of you, uh, just so they can get like a little hint if they haven't seen it. Um, so we're gonna play that in just a sec. Please do. So that's a whole other topic of how you got that role. We really yeah, I'd love to know that um, for sure. We're going to get into that. If I can find my um, channel changer, which is right here the whole time. Perfect. Here we go. Coffee and Kareem. And your character again was, what was his name in, in it again? His name is D. D. Simple as me. me. Oh, okay. See, I can't tell if he can't hear me or is he just questioning my accusation. Well, if I cut his tongue out, he wouldn't be able to speak. And why those only two options? You cut my fucking steer off, and you show up and he stared his motherfucker. It's only part of the back of your head that you can't see. See, look, those can't be the only two options. You can't. Yo. 
can is this? Uh, D, is this one of your kids? Nah, my, my kid chubby like that. But he got that alopecia. He got more hair. My kid bald than normal. Actually, I'm, I'm here to see you. You, me? Yeah, an associate of mine at Dickerson Middle School. He gave me the Addy and told me to ask for Rodney. Oh. Mm. I can come back another time. It's cool, you know. What the fuck, Rodney? Yeah, nah, I thought I'd be cool to like get some younger recruitments, have someone under me, like little child soldiers who brainwash you. They do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. This is a hideout. If you tell people it's a hideout, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> and where the fuck is the dog? The dog is supposed to be the lookout. Orlando, I, I need your help, man. I got a mess that needs cleaning. All right, hold on. You need to get out of here. Get you ever saw any of this shit. All right. I was hoping I didn't have to spell it out for you, but since it seems like you're cool with fucking up cops, I'd like to add one to the list. There's Ed Helms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got to say, I loved this film so much. Ed Helms is one of the uh, comedy gods, as I see him. Uh, he's just too funny. Working with Taraji P. Henderson must have been a dream. Taraji P. Henderson? Oh, I just love her in um, as her character is uh, Cookie in oh, yeah. uh, Empire. Empire. Yeah, and I love that she's a mom in this and kind of, uh, you know, from the streets so people who don't know kareem and coffee is about a 12 year old kareem manning boy who hires a criminal to scare his mom's new boyfriend who's a police officer named james coffee that ed helms plays and uh but it backfires forcing kareem and coffee to team up in order to save themselves from the detroit and most ruthless drug kingpin so we've got a, a great cast of characters. The child star Terrence, he is one another. Like he is older than his his uh, his age. I'd say. How was working with him? Oh man, Terrence is a he's a gem. You know, uh, he went in there as a professional. Um, you know, his character is nothing like who he is as a person. So he would always apologize to Taraji and Ed after every take because, you know, his language in the, in the film, you know, he's, his character swears a lot. You know, he's playing like a bad kid and a kid that's trying to be um, extra um, throughout the film. And, um, you know, I love the kid, man. He was so smart, so intelligent. And this is his first big role. So people really don't understand, like, he was. He said he was so nervous, and I was like, "I, I go, bro. I couldn't even tell." But um, I talked to him on a regular basis, just um, you know, just to to help him out. But working with him, with I mean, him. pardon? You're still friends with him? Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain people that you come across, and you know, seeing a uh, a child actor like himself, um, where he kind of read, like he was really kind of um so incredible in this film to watch him it kind of made me and i think a lot of us kind of realized like okay you know we got to do our thing this kid's killing it mm -hmm. and um just getting to know his moms and and uh you know him as a person and uh just you know the fine family dynamic this this is also not something that his mother really wanted to do but it was something he really wanted to do so to hear all that and then a mother going like man this dialogue i don't even know if i but then having the conversation with Terrence and understanding that, you know, it is just the character he's playing and that he was going to use this money to go to college. Ooh. I was like, wow, that's, that, that's cool. He really wanted to use this money to make sure that he got into college. So you can't take that away from a kid. And he just shows the, his character as a person and how he was brought up. So. Yeah, he seemed very um, mature for his age. I don't know if that was the writing or not, but he just is so hilarious. If the audience is watching this right now, your running scene, you are in quite a bit of the film. I was just so happy to see a Vancouver Canadian actor getting like a supporting role. I felt that was really important for people who are watching and, and trying to be artists to see that, you know what, you can do it. So well, you know, the funny it, you know, we can all do it because you've, you know, you have worked a long path. You've been a part of a lot of projects, like a lot. If you look at his IMBD. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one was fun. I mean, I, I also, um, I also auditioned for Rodney. I also auditioned for Orlando, the, for all three of the thugs. And uh, the one that suits best, I guess, you know, for Michael Dowd's the director, he felt that um, D was the best for me. And what a lot of people don't understand also, too, is like, I'm supposed to be the third wheel. I had a lot of one-liners or two lines that kind of um, I incorporated and I, I, I improved a lot of the stuff that we used in the movie. And because of the writing and the way the writers were, they, they used pretty much 95% of my improv but it leads in with um, the written dialogue. So I kind of beefed up my, my I guess my, my scenes by understanding what was being said by my character, but adding on. So yeah. there's certain scenes which I don't want to give away in the movie, but when you look at all the scenes that you see me in, um, I, I pretty much um, would say the line and then improv the rest. And Michael Dowles really kind of gave us all freedom to um, just kind of just riff, just go at it. We were doing 20 minute takes and just keep resetting, resetting, 20 minute reset, reset. So they used the, I guess, the funniest stuff out of what we would have said or um, what we improv. So, I mean, working in an environment like that, work with Ed and Taraji and Terrence, just, <laughs> it just kind of made it real easy to, to be able to just, I, I, you know, I gotta say, try to be the funniest you could possibly be. Yeah, and you also worked with uh, the the lead of Hunter. Um, I can't remember her name. I'm so sorry, but she's amazing as well. In this film? Yeah. Oh, um, is it uh, um, Betty? Betty yeah. Gilpin? Yeah. That she's curve. also in Glow. She's freaking amazing. I love she her. Is. She was so amazing, too. So funny. How many times I had to bite my inside of my lip just to kind of get through scenes. There's some scenes that didn't even make the movie that, that are, I thought were even more funny and hilarious too, so. Well, it's just incredible that you're now working alongside some of the biggest actors on the screen right now. So congratulations. Thank you very much. You know, um, I've been hearing that quite a bit <laughs> from a lot of people. And um, to be honest, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a blessing. But um, I, I always tell people, you know, I, I didn't know that this was going to happen, but I was always constantly preparing myself for an opportunity. My agent, Roxanne Kinsman, over at Nuance Talent Management, she's the greatest of all time. She's one of my biggest supporters. She believes in me. Like, um, she, she'll push me. And she, she was the one, because I always joke around with her or whatever, she's the one that really pushed me to start doing comedy. So when I started, when I booked Game Over Man with Seth Rogen and them, even Seth was then them were like, dude, we didn't even know you were funny. And I'm like, well, because I was in 50-50, those weren't funny lines that I were giving to me. And, um, you know, it, um, it was just a blessing. And I felt, I felt very humbled that Seth um, and Evan and those guys gave me the opportunity to able just start and show those comedy skills, which led to them calling me to do um, Good Boys. Um, they, they wrote us, there was a scene that came up and um, the, they contacted um, <clears throat> Maureen Webb, who was the casting director at that time. She contacted my agent and said, hey, there's a part that they're writing in, do you want it? And I was like, hell yeah. So, <laughs> so I went and, uh, um, did it and so I mean those guys looked out for me yeah so, Seth Rogen's a, a champion for you I love that I love but you know what it's we but we have an agreement let me audition so I had auditioned for another part for that movie and then they went obviously um, uh, they gave that part to a female so um, I think at that point it was something where um, you know thank god I hope that you know they believed in me and they knew I'd be able to bring it because working with three kids at that point, you know, you're going to find holes, you're going to find, you got to keep it up. So I was just filling holes and it just worked out. It just worked out very well. And um, understanding also I was on the set of the interview. So I kind of got a really, a real inside look on how those guys work. So walking into Game Over, um, into Good Boys, I was already ready because I understood. So I knew that yeah, like, just don't, don't, don't leave long, a long low, just say something. So it just kind of worked nice and they, they edited it up nice. And um, I got an opportunity to be in that movie too, so. Well, you've been in 2006 is kind of when your 
acting journey uh, got credited at least. Uh, so you were in Blade in 2006, the TV series. Seed, yep. uh, Whistler, the TV show, uh, the eighteen. I was a PA on I was a PA on Whistler, the and I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him I was going to the audition. I just went, and then um, I ended up booking it. I mean, I'm sure obviously because the writers Kelly and stuff saw me every day. The dude changing garbage, carrying tents, but it was it was me pushing and not worrying about like okay, they don't need to give me anything. I'm just gonna go and do it, and I ended up booking it. So that that's what happened on Whistler. So that's amazing. You you like to really work for it. I notice that you're not into handouts, but uh, you often support other people a lot. I don't know if the audience knows or not, but you have your own radio show in Vancouver, yeah. which is a very cool station um, uh, in in Vancouver on Hastings, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, so Save On Radio. Um, the show's called Hollywood North Radio. Yeah. And um, I, I, it's it's just something I felt like you know, over the years and just with everything, I mean, from music to, you know, coming into film and television, you know, I, I always felt like, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. So I was always asking questions and it always seemed like it always helped me progress. But because of those people, if they didn't give me an opportunity to, um, to yeah. just be able to show my skills or get better at it, um, I wouldn't have been able to even just be sitting here with you to even have this conversation. So I created the platform so people can get the music out, come on and talk about what they're doing. Cause nobody really wants to interview number five, six, seven, and eight. They wanted number one, two, three, and four. <laughs> so I felt that it was very important to understand that, you know, that whole thing about nothing's given to you. So if, if they work to get what they were doing, why can't I pre, uh, create a platform? um to um do the same thing for them that's that's pretty much why i did it it was um i, I kept seeing that we're always the guys with the stick with the end uh, the stick with the shit on the end of it as um canadian performers and i thought well what what a great way to just at least have something else for your reel or your resume yeah you're always a positive guy with working hard and seeing the silver lining i noticed that about you <laughs> that's you probably what kept you going honestly you have to. I mean, I'm, I started producing a um, a series called Cloud Van, and um, the team that's a part of that, like they already had everything in place. There's a few things when we came on, and I was like, "Yo, we can we do this? Can we change this? You know, this is you know we got to do this in order to move forward." And they were just open, and they were like, "Yeah, and it is what it is now." That's uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Cloud Van. I appear in episode 16, and then throughout the rest of the season. And then um, now I'm, I'm a producer on that show, so I'll be producing season two. And the reason why I want to get involved in that, because not a lot of times where we have actors that have a comedy reel or have a strong enough reel where they're working with somebody that can be usable. You know, so that's another platform that I, um, I'm so happy to be able to work with because now in a time where it's all of us just kind of trying to figure out what we're going to do when after COVID-19, at least I still have a platform where somebody could come out and exercise those muscles and uh, even just try something new uh, from the comedy realm. Nice. So I think you and I met through Catherine Kalnan, who's one of my best photographers in Calgary. Um, how do you know Catherine? Um, I believe she had, um, I think she came either on the show or she knew Brittany. Mm. Can't remember. Yeah, I love Sydney in Van City. She's so amazing. But um, but yeah, so Cap, but Cap, Catherine is a sweetheart, and um, oh yeah, you know, I mean, you just you know you meet good people, and good people always. And look, like I mean, we're sitting here because of just another good person uh, passing. The, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, you know, and I, 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 for me, I like that circle. I like to make sure that. Um, you know, and it was also my mom, man. My mom really instilled in me a lot of like, just from the things she would do at, you know, Sunday after church, she'd come home and cook and then I'd have to run around and give food to the neighborhood. And, oh, really? You know, so, yeah, I mean, that's just who she was and she would talk to anybody and, you know, like if anything, she taught me street smarts and, um, kind you of, know, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just even street smarts in, the, in a sense of humor while we're at it. Like, um, if you don't, if you have time, I can tell you a quick story. Like, I've, I've told this before about my mom. My mom was always like, uh, she was very religious. You know, she always said Jesus is her husband. And as a kid, you're like, oh my God. And then, you know, I'd, I'd be on the train with her in New York or whatever, and she would just talk to anybody. And I'd be like, yo, mom, that's how people get shot. What you doing? Like, you can't be, because she would say things to people where I'd be like, what? She'd be like, some lady, you know, for mouth smell, she'd be like, hey, grab a mint and be like, doo-doo, your mouth smelling fresh. I was like, oh my God. But then yeah. we'd be walking down the street, walking home, and she would just start singing like, um, like uh, religious hymns, like, Jesus loves me, this I know. I'd be like, why are you doing this? You're going to get me beat up because we have to walk past to get to where we were living or the projects. Oh, okay. So all these dudes are out drinking and smoking and doing their thing. And she's singing this and I'm walking like, oh my God. Not, no, they were like, they were like, hi, Miss Sylvia. Because her name was Sylvia. And I was like, how the hell she know the dudes that chase me all the time and want to beat me up? <laughs> like, well, how the hell does she know these guys? Is this, did she put them up to this? But then um, it was one time, I guess I told her that those were the guys that I was saying. So she, she was on the way home. She, she made um, um, something that she always did was to contact them and, and see them and talk to them. Yeah. And then finally, this is the time where, you know, they see me with her. And she's like, this is my son, blah, blah, blah. You guys make sure you take care of him, so on and so forth. Not knowing that these are the like I didn't know that she knew that these were the same kids that used to try to beat me up and try to chase me all the time. Oh, so wow. they're like, oh, okay, that's your son, okay. But you can see on their faces, they're like, damn, like we, we, we lost one. But um, so we were coming down the street and then I was like, mom, why you do that? Like, why you just gotta like sing all of Jesus hymns and you know what I'm saying? Are they gonna try to beat me up? And she goes, well, you said those, those were the same kids that used to chase you on Ting. I said, yes, those are the guys. She goes, now they won't. And I said, like, what do you mean? Like, well, you're sitting there singing Jesus hymns. Are they going to beat me up for that? She goes, let me explain something. There's two people that the most, that people fear the most in, in, in the world. And she goes, one is God and one is Jesus. So don't matter what these guys are doing, the, the moment police hold them and throw handcuffs on them, they're going to, first thing out of their mind and out of their mouth is going to be like, oh, God. Damn, Jesus, damn. And I was like, oh. So after years and putting it together, I mean, I realized that my mother was probably have more street smarts than a lot of these dudes that were out there. So I get a lot of that kind of, um, you know, give back and, and uh, you know, think smarter and, and understand that people make mistakes, but there's always a better way to hopefully shed a light on them to change. Wow, you're such a great guy. You really are. I think all of Vancouver knows of you and you've supported one <laughs> another. Like you can't hit hit somebody without a hitting somebody that knows you. So it's somebody like, told me that yeah. I should I should vote for mayor. Ah mayor! Could you the Times? The Times have never been better. I think you'd be great could do great at that, actually. People I mean it, it, I mean it would be, but I mean you know I started thinking like, hey, maybe but one municipality is, um, it's, it's definitely um, a, a, a giant milestone, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's getting all the municipalities to work together is gonna be the biggest challenge. And, you know, hey, maybe, maybe it is something. I, I, I feel like if I educate myself a little bit more and understand um, what it really is and what it's gonna take in order for a city like this to kind of, okay. you know, reach reach its peak of, of, of being one of the greatest cities in the world you know and I don't want to go in it like our friend across the, the border as president you know <laughs> I'd rather kind of understand what's going on so that way I can serve the people properly wow that's awesome that you care about that uh, to the depths that you do in politics I had no idea that's pretty well, cool I'm sure you I'm not do. I'm not I'm not really that that you know um deep into politics i think um you know we always learn of what kind of helps us out and who's the person to vote for and so on and so forth but um i feel like you know um there's no it's no different from doing your research on anything it's really figuring out finding out you know you can learn so much in a year if you just gave yourself 15 minutes a day and um 
you know, because that 15 minutes will turn into a few hours at some point on some of some of the times and, you know, the things you'll learn and you start to see things, you'll see a pattern and maybe you start asking yourself questions of, well, what can change? And uh, one of the things about being mayor, especially in this day and time, like, you know, it involves a police force. So, you know, maybe we could set up something where I start working with them right away to start, hey, man, we need the whole new reform on how things are done. And I got my own stories. Yeah. I got my own stories. So um, oh, wow. I think the, the point where we're at now is um, I believe that forgiveness is, is the key because you can't be upset with people who just don't understand. You got privilege. That's just normal shit. Because no one, they ain't pulling you over with the same kind of nonsense. You know what I mean? You could curse at them like you're, like you're an old man and all you're getting is a warning. You know what I mean? I could be like, yes, sir, no, sir, and I'm getting the ticket. And I'm getting asked the dumbest questions in the world, but like where I'm like, seriously, what does that have to do with the stop? But it, but it does in their head if it takes the stop. It exists. So, for sure. Yeah. It's you know, it's, uh, I, mean, but, I mean, but here's the thing, you know, all good things must come to an end. So what, what was good for, for the, you know, the police force and what they were getting away with, um, hey, man, it surfaces. So now you can't hide from it. I'm just so happy with um, what's going on in the world today. I can still stay myself, and hopefully I understand the people who are around me that are good people. And I just hate the fact that, you know, you got good people who are good, like white people and other, other races. They're getting the short end of the stick because of, like, a bunch of idiots, especially out in the United States. It's just it runs rampant. And, um, you know, it's not like you're policing. You're just going out to have fun. It's the new Ku Klux Klan, and I hate to say it that way, but that's how I see it. If you look at the way the Ku Klux Klan did things, it's the same shit. Really? Well, think about it. What do they, what do, they do? They went out and killed black people. They went out and caused a reason for reason to hang people. So these guys have finding reasons to just, like, you know, hey, we're going to put them in jail. Hey, we're going to do this. Hey, let's kill them. Let's kill them while people are filming us. You know, like they just like shot a man in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Wendy's parking lot because he was sleeping in this car. And they were going to give him a DUI after he admitted, but he was, wasn't driving the car. Not once did they catch him driving the car. But yet, you know, when they tried to handcuff him and he was like drunk and he, he ends up dead, they end up, you know, they end up shooting him. But you see another video with this dude, Jerry, you know, punches a female cop, hits the other cop with the, with the billy club, hits her with the billy club, jumps in the car, like, like into the Can't squad car. Not to death? Like, why do they have to do it, like, in their heart or their head? Like, why can't they shoot it in their foot or their knee? Like, why do they have to shoot to kill? I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. They're less of a threat anyway. But I guess that's just how they see it, is they need to protect themselves and at all costs. But how? 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 Why didn't Jerry get shot? Why didn't that dude Jerry in the video get shot for punching the cop, the female cop, punching the other cop, like, to take the tasers? They should use huh? tasers and other forms of. They they um, can use tasers. They just don't. They don't choose to. It's a different world. When I grew up in New York, when I was a kid, I started seeing it. I felt relieved moving to Edmonton, and I mean, people don't even understand what it's like. That they'll never understand what it's like to live in my skin, and I'll never understand what it's like to live in their skin. And I'm to me, it would be probably paradise. But that's the thing. Nobody, people don't know it. I mean, even my wife at first, when I would tell her stuff, she'd be like, oh, my God, you're exaggerating. Until we got pulled over at gunpoint by 10 cop cars with our kid in the car when he was a baby. Because apparently I fit the description in a vehicle that had, um, you know, it had um, um, tint from the factory tint. So it wasn't even that dark, but it, it was a tan. So I'm dark as hell. I'm surprised you could see me now with the light, little light that we have. So I don't even know how you could tell from across the meridian that I'm the guy that fits the description. So I'll, what I mean, there's a black guy driving a vehicle wearing a baseball cap. That's pretty much, the, that, that would have been the description. But to pull me over in a Toys R Us parking lot in the street stop with a kid in the car, and they're yelling at my wife, say, tell him, this, tell us his real name, tell him, she's like, I'm telling you his real name. And then I, they see my ID and they're telling me it's fake. I'm like, bro. If my Air Miles card has the same name on my freaking driver's license, I go, I don't even know why you guys are cops. Because every card on there has the same name. And if you're trying to hide your identity from it, not every card's going to have the same name inside your, your freaking wallet. Like, 
Like, come on, do you want me to be the cop to try to find this black guy for you? So <laughs> it just it just became a point where I was just like, this gets so ridiculous and the stupid ass questions that I'm asked. And you know, I, I'm smart enough to know that um, I know the names of internal affairs of the internal internal affairs officer. I know the name of the RCMP's inspectors who are in charge. So as soon as they start acting up, I just kind of go, that's fine. I'll just call such and such and uh, we'll see how that, that, that goes over at our next poker game. And um, we'll see if you have a job and see if your wife and your kids and everybody gets uprooted and maybe you won't be a cop. I go, maybe the next time you, you, you're ever out a window, you're, the next words out of your mouth are, man, take your order, please. But it's totally up to you. So how do you want this to go? You're either going to give me the ticket because I already got everything on film and, and on audio that I will pull up to, to guarantee you're going to see me you see me again. If you if you honestly stop, don't stop talking to me and like like I'm an idiot or or you figure you have some power because I'm taking it all away from you right this second. So you're gonna find out who I am for the rest of your life. And that's the thing. A lot of people don't talk to them that way. And a lot of people aren't certain names that you say to these guys. They're like, oh, breaks, 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 breaks. So you have to go to those lengths, though. Yeah, but it took years for me to even understand that. Wow. And that's why with this movie Torn is so relevant. The playing a father whose son gets killed by a racist cop. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these guys think they're covert racist cops. But, I mean, I just, uh, I'm a firm believer of, you know, it's. Well, you have been through a lot, but, you know, I'd like to shed light on on the positivity side of, of it as well. Because I don't think you really do as much media as, um as you know, as I've seen others or whatnot, but I'm really excited to interview you because I want our network to know how hard you work. And there's a list of amazing shows that you've been on that maybe Thank the you. audience doesn't know about. And I'm going to read it out on all these shows he's been on guys. He's been a part Thank of at you. least over 40, 45 films. So he was in a team, pretty little liars, 50, 50, true justice the la complex is where we have first noticed you as an actor actually that that show is where Thank we you. first noticed you One three, of my favorite. yeah three days in havana the mm. tomorrow people almost human tv series guest uh, star guest star yes the interview yeah. rogue Grace Point, Impastor, Imp yeah, Impastor, Fear of the Walking Dead TV series, as a protester, I Zombie, Van Helsing, The Show, Game Over Man, Arrow, oh, The Good Boys, The Murders, uh, Cloud Van Tales, Torn Dark Blue Bullets, and you've been working on a few other projects. I want the audience to be able to see uh, you in Torn. Right at the beginning, there is a sad, very sad uh, scene. So I want them to see that. Okay. So let's give them a sec. So you got to work with some of the coolest Canadian artists, actually, on um, Torn Bullets. We are definitely big fans of... Um, and we're just looking at the names. Sometimes it's hard to remember all the names, you know. So you've got yeah. Sam Vincent, Dexter yeah. Bell, uh, Karen Holness, yeah. Lauren Bell, Sharon Taylor. We are big fans of her. She's friends with um, a few people up in Calgary here. And we love her in, in uh, Bad Blood. Well, she's amazing. Yes. And so, um, another Netflix one. Um, Jesus, keep, keep going. We've got so many going on. <laughs> Tammy Gillis, Jesse Hutch. So this is going to play in two secs, I swear to God, guys. So tell us about Torn. How did you get the audition to, uh, to play a, one of the lead roles? Well, that, Torn is a project that um, a bunch of friends, we're all friends. Dan... Um, Rizzuto, who was the director and uh, one of the writers, um, he, it was actually Sharon Taylor's short film that, that led this to becoming what it is as a feature film. Mm. And uh, we all just kind of, Dan had mentioned it, and um, he told me the role, hey, you played the father. 
And it was just something that we all thought of, like, you know, we've all said for years, like, hey, man, we all want to work together. We've got to work together on something. And it, uh, this was one of those ones that gave us the opportunity to do it. And um, so after we, you know, Dexter and I were, were on board, Dexter and I just started calling all of our friends and said, hey, man, we got a part for you. Hey, you guys, are you interested? Are you interested? So we kind of, Dexter and I kind of played casting agents and got the whole cast together. And um, yeah, it, it turned out to be something so amazing. And a lot of people don't know, we shot that movie in 15 days. Wow. Like, yeah, we were doing nine, 10 pages a day. And, and you, you know, people are looking at though, when you see the movie, I want people to take into consideration that some of these takes that you're seeing are like seven, eight pages. Six, some of them are like six pages of just straight, but two cameras. So you think that you're, you're um, watching, <laughs> you're watching these, this thing being edited, but it's actually all of us doing the scene, like we're just going for like some of them five, six pages long. Wow. Uh, playing a, um, a very serious role, somebody that is speaking out about what's going on in today's world. I couldn't believe mm -hmm that the brutality of somebody killing a young child, um, yeah. relating it to nowadays. You guys had shot that um, last year, is that right? Yep. Yeah. It was 2000, oh. 2018 or 2000, yeah, 2008, February, 2000, no, maybe 2019. <laughs> it was right at the beginning of the year or the end of uh, 2018, I can't remember. Well, I really hope people check that out and it's on Amazon Prime and people have smart TVs. They can search it themselves and probably find yeah, it. Amazon Prime, YouTube, uh, Google Play. Um, uh, there's another one that, that jumped up. I think it might even be, I don't want to say a name that's wrong, but you'll, you'll be able to find it. But it was definitely one that was powerful because you got, there's a lot of scenes where, you know, you're very, you're, we're all very emotional. And look at Karen Holness, just to plays my wife, who's just a beast. Like such an amazing actor. Sam, who, who went in and played the racist cop. And, uh, you know, it was very, very hard for Sam to do because he grew up with us. And just saying some of the words that he had to say, um, you know, and uh, Dan Rizzuto uh, letting Dexter Bell and I take some of the dialogue and really going through the script and just really making it authentic and uh, tweaking and really even just indulging into Sam's character and making him say some things that might really, that really cut and uh, um, like a knife and struck a nerve, but we didn't just want to make it seem like, you know, he's the only bad guy in this, you know, there's cause and effect. So um, there's a part in there where, where Sam really kind of goes in and digs in where there's flaws from black folks and there's flaws from, you know, society um, and the way that people, you know, as a black community, we conduct ourselves and move forward. But that being said, it still goes on to the, um, to the point of like, you know, hey, black lives matter. So it doesn't matter what's going on. There's a systematic downfall. It's like, you know what I mean? And when it comes into to the justice when it, period and the legal um all legal um, platforms so I, I we we just felt dexter and i and dan and we have but we just kind of felt like you know you can't make a movie that's all one-sided without you'll never have progress it'll just be a, po a finger pointing thing so if the fingers are pointed in every direction hey it makes it give everybody an opportunity to think wow and maybe we can get some positive change so we've got our computer for some reason is just being a, a thing. So we're gonna just play it right here. Good morning, my beautiful wife. You got home late? Yeah. Oh, guys, so robbery. sorry. I crashed on the couch. I don't want to wake you. Detective, you are no doubt aware of the publicity surrounding this case. Don't die! It's the board's decision to be placed on pain psychiatric leave for six months. No, I've been acquitted of all charges. Nothing's going to bring her boy back. Look, this is serious, Pierce. The Bell family, they're suing you. They're making this out to be a racial profile shooting. I didn't do anything wrong. I go from being a respected public servant to being the media's new story of the week. I'm just worried about Jason. He's been drinking again. 
Mrs. Bell? What's going on? What the hell's he doing here? I was just, just here to set things right. <laughs> set things right? There you are. Are you sure everything's all right? You took everything from us. You stole our son. I was just doing my job. You turned this into something it didn't need to be. I won't go down for this. Because it's our boy. Tie up these things. I want to display. Explain what? How you set up our son and killed him in cold blood? Yeah, God. A murderer and a racist, man. This has nothing to do with race. This has everything to do with race. is so intense that this is real life sometimes i'm really glad you guys put this project out you know with film nothing is always the same as life obviously it's always a bit different because it's a movie but um i'm sure you're proud to be a part of it yeah i mean just uh even you know being one of the producers on it and just you know it's all learning and building blocks right like it's uh it's it was a very powerful um script I think you know what uh, the seeds that Sharon planted in order for it to come to life and see that you know we've actually got it done and um, it's, people have been so receptive to it. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, as interview wise, I've been doing quite a bit of them. Oh yeah. And I have I have a few with the in the states now as well. So it's yeah. uh, I have the greatest PR in the world, man. Leslie Logan, I love you, and she just works her her ass off to make sure that um, you know, things are done. And I, I think I have a great support system and a great team around me to, to allow things like even like this to happen. So, you know, and you're amazing for doing what you do. Um, oh. So I really yeah. appreciate. It. We're more friends than anything, I think, and I I don't know why I I say that, you know. But it's just, you make people feel so heard and listened to, and you never say no as much as you, I'm sure you say no sometimes, but you never said no to me, and I appreciate you supporting my people out in Vancouver on your radio show, Hollywood North Radio. So I think I have a few people to uh, send send on your show uh, pretty soon. No problem. Actually. <laughs> no time. But, no uh, problem. One hand has to wash the other. Well, you're just a... Uh, a rising star in our eyes but you've been in the industry since uh, the early 2000s so you know it's only just that you're getting your your dues now and uh, it's definitely uh, well well worked for so congratulations there will thank you very much I mean I if, if you don't mind I don't know if, uh, how much time we have left I would All just like to set set a little light on for up-and-coming actors and um, I just wanted to let you guys know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a marathon. It's not a race. Um, the beauty about what you do is just understand that you got to put the work in. It doesn't matter what you do. If you just think that you're going to run your lines and listen to trigger lines, you'll, you'll, you'll struggle. You'll constantly wonder why. Um, don't be afraid to look at the dialogue and truthfully make it your own. Because I do that every time. I respect, the, I respect the, the words on the page, but I find places to add things, whether it's in the middle, the beginning, or the end. And you have to remember, these, they, they're watching probably about 50, 60 people do the same audition over and over and over again. And if you don't stand out, you, you're not getting a callback. You know, um, so I take it very serious. And when I say take it very serious, like I program myself to learn 14, 15 pages of dialogue and I don't need sides. Um, and it's not easy to do that. But if you exercise that with those muscles in time, think of it as a play. Like in a play, you don't, you can't just run and say line, you know. So every audition to me, I, 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 I read it 
for hours, for four, five, six hours before I even run the dialogue. So I know all the other dialogue that's being said to my character. I understand the scene. So at any given time, if they go, if they say, hey, you know what? Can you go, um, can you read for such and such a person? Um, do you mind if we give you the sides and go out there and do, you know what the most powerful thing to do to them is say, yeah, sure, we can just do it right now because I know all the dialogue. Wow. You're going to get the part. If they're considering you for another part and you immediately show right in front of the director or the casting director, like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's just go. But never do it with sides. That's impressive. I walk in with six, seven pages. I, I, I don't even have them in my pocket. People say, oh, you should always have your, 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 you know, your sides and put them under the table. Okay, well, that's, that's for you. I don't care what the other casting person says. I don't care what anybody else says. I go in there knowing my stuff, and it's about my performance. It's not if I have the sides or if I have everything on me. So it's really important to, if you really want it, that's how you'll get it. Because now you're showing them that you're just as good, if not better, than the cast that they already have you're going to fit in just fine. He doesn't need to talk to you all the time. You know, you know one of the key things is never ask the director, hey, so how, how, how do you think I did after your audition? Because then you're not confident with the character. You just say, thank you very much. Hopefully I'll see you on set. Hopefully I'll see you on set resonates in someone's ear. So even if you don't get that part, you might get something else. And it's happened to me a number of times. Number of times. So definitely don't give up, people. You heard it from William Stewart, Big Sleeps on Instagram. You can follow him at Hollywood North Radio on Instagram, Facebook, Save On Radio on his website for all his past interviews. I am BD, this Canadian star. You're going to be in shock and realize, <laughs> oh, I've seen him in literally everything. Okay. So, you know, go add him, become a follower and really watch what he says online and reach out to him even if, if you need his help want to collaborate with him but mostly the big networks make sure they keep hiring you man so we want to see you more and congrats i hope so and thank you so much and for those of you who do want to follow my personal page it's at big underscore sleeps on instagram and um you know william sleepy stewart on facebook is uh my personal one but um you know Unless you're my real, real friend, I might not add you. <laughs> so I don't know why I said that. <laughs> really don't why I told well, you that. can't just add anybody, right? Go but, on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, the Instagram one is the most I use now. I don't even know why. I don't even don't think I even look at Facebook. No, but, you um, don't use Facebook that much. Eh? But, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. This was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I, I just really um, – and so happy that you're pretty much doing the same things I'm doing in order to um, give people an opportunity to, uh, you know, you know, tell their story. So, you know, kudos to you. And, um, you know, I'm wishing you all the best as well. Oh, thank you so much. I hope you, you and I work together forever. Let's do it. I'm down. It's happening, guys. <laughs> and that's William Sleeps, everybody. <laughs>